Well, let me begin by asking you a question. Why is there so much anger? Why is there depression? Why is lying and immorality kind of rampant? Why is there fighting and abuse? Why is there suicide and why is there so much deception in our world? Why? Well, there is an answer uh, to that question, and we find that answer today in our Bible passage. And so I'm going to invite you to take your Bibles and join me in Romans chapter 1 as we continue in our series in the book of Romans. We're in chapter 1, and this is uh, sermon number 2. So we've just started this new series in the book of Romans. We're in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. And as I have indicated, there is a reason why our world seems to be going to pot, okay? And we'll be taking a look at that in a few moments. But we're in Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. Follow along as I read that passage this morning. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of the men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the Creator, who is forever praised Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They, dis they disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do, that, do the very things, but also approve of those who practice them. Here ends the reading of our passage this morning. Well, last week as we began our series together, I shared with you that uh, Romans is really a book I mean, there's a lot of stuff in Romans, but Romans is really a book about salvation. God communicates his heart here in Romans. What God really desires is that men and women would 
put aside the ways of the world and pursue him and enter into a relationship with him. So that's what Romans is really all about. So last week we talked about the gospel, the good news, what it is we must believe in to receive eternal life. Well, this morning as we continue on in chapter 1, we come to uh, the reason for the gospel, okay? In fact, there are 30 reasons and counting why we need the gospel of Jesus Christ, why we as a people need good news, okay? And so we're going to take a look at that this morning. Uh, this morning we're, we're clearly taught uh, there is a need for the gospel, and we just read about the, uh, the depravity of mankind, and we're vividly told why Jesus had to die. So consider with me for a few moments the demand of the gospel, and that is point number one, the demand for the gospel. Why do we need the gospel? Why is it important to have this good news? Well, this, today's morning message is entitled, 30 Reasons and Counting. Well, in the passage we just read just moments ago, the 30 reasons are listed in those verses as to why Jesus had to die on the cross. Okay, 30 reasons. Let's take a look at those reasons at this time. We're just going to kind of zip through them real quick. But here are 30 reasons why Jesus died on the cross, why he came to save mankind, because man needed saving. And here's the reason he needs saving. So number one, well, here's the beginning of the list. Look at it. Verse 21, mankind did not glorify God. That's sinful. Moving on. They did not give thanks to God. We see that in verse 21. Jump into verse 23. Man was engaged in idol worship, worshiping birds, worshiping reptiles, things created by their own hands. God does not like that. Also in verse 24, because of sexual impurity, we need a Savior. Uh, verse 24 talks about how mankind degraded their bodies. Moving on, we come to they followed after lies in verse 25. They served created things in verse 25. In verse 26, take a look at it. Uh, they exchanged natural relations for unnatural relations. Okay. Now, this morning I could spend a big portion of the time just talking about uh, the immorality, especially with uh, homosexuality. That's not where we're going this morning. Um, but uh, just understand that God is against it. It is a sin. Uh, before pressing on, remember it's called unnatural relations. You'll see that in verse 26. Um, if you look in verse 27, uh, that behavior, homosexual sexual behavior, is referred to as indecent acts. Uh, also talks about it in verse 27. Some translations call it perversion. Um, if you jump to the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, the word that is used to describe to, to describe this, the homosexual activity. They use the word detestable, also abomination. If you're in the King James, they call it an abomination. So I just, I just uh, throw these words your way, biblical words from Scripture, just to say, okay, homosexuality is not something that is acceptable in the eyes of God and therefore is not acceptable in our eyes as well. Why do I say that? Because we, what, are followers of the Word of God, correct? So, that's what God has to say about it. So that's part of the list of 30 and counting. Pressing on to verse 29. Uh, we need a Savior. We need somebody to help us because of wickedness. Now, if you look at verse 29, there's a good list. There's wickedness. 
There's evil. There's greed. There's depravity. There's envy. There's murder, strife, deceit, malice, gossip. That's just in verse 29. We move to verse 30. Verse 30 says there's slanderers. There's God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. And uh, here's the, remember the title of the sermon, 30 ways and counting. Why we need a Savior, 30 ways and counting. Well, here's the counting. They invent ways of doing evil. See that there? That's in verse 30. They invent ways of doing evil. Uh, In addition to that, they disobey parents. In verse 31, they're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And lastly, in verse 32, approve of sin. Okay, do we, do we, do we, does that register at all? I mean, just the fact that we approve of a sinful activity that's been articulated by God. God says, this is wrong, this is indecent, this is not acceptable, and we approve of that. Understand that approving of such behavior, or even just whatever sinful act it is, is a sin in itself. Okay, it's a sin in itself, approving of it. And that's in verse 32. So that is the world that you and I live in. Okay, that's what we live in. Does the world need help? It does, doesn't it? It does. Well, that brings us to point number two. The decision that precipitated the need for the gospel. Okay, what, what took place, what happened in God's economy, if you will, or what happened in, in our world? What took place that... Uh, created this need for good news or the need for a gospel or the need for a Savior to die on a cross? What was the decision that brought that about? Well, it's very obvious that mankind needs help. Mankind needs a Savior. So how did we get in this scary predicament? Why do we need a Savior? What pushed mankind over the edge, so to speak, where they are pretty much hopeless and need help? What what took place. Well, at this time, what I want you to do uh, is take a look at a few verses with me. And uh, there is a decision that took place. God made a decision. God made a decision that precipitated, that came before this need for the gospel. And we're going to see, see it in these next three verses. So we begin in verse 24. Take a look at verse 24. So what took place that uh, caused Man to kind of go bonkers, especially when it comes to sin. So what took place? Verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over in the sinful desires of the hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. Verse 26. The author says, because of this, God gave them over. To shameful lusts. Verse 26. Here's, as we enter in verse 26, pop quiz. What's being repeated in these verses? Okay, What's being repeated? Now look, look at verse 26. Uh, verse, excuse me, verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. That's in verse 28. So there's a repeated phrase. Did you, get, did you catch it in the verses? What, what's the repeated phrase? Yeah, good job, good job. God gave them over. God gave 
them over. So remember, we're trying to answer this question. Okay, what is it that precipitated? What took place first? What happened that caused mankind to go crazy, okay, in the realm of sinful activity? Well, God gave them over. God gave them over. What does that mean? God gave them over. To give over or gave them over means to give up. It could mean that. Or uh, to turn someone over. That's what it means. When God gave them over, he turned them over. Uh, this, is, this is the one I like. Uh, to remove the restraint. Okay? So what really took place is God removed restraint. He he, he backed away. And when God backed away, things went nuts. Okay? Now, here's, here's the picture. Uh, here's, here's your picture. No doubt in the raising of your children or maybe in your dealings with a friend, you came to the point where you said to your children or maybe a friend, okay, go ahead. Okay? Okay? You've tried to reason with this individual you articulated the dangers of their choice and tried to bring godly counsel. But regardless of your counsel, the, this individual, this child, this friend, whoever it is, is bound and determined to do what you said they should not do. Okay? For example, you have a child and you've warned the child not to be climbing on the fireplace mantle. Okay? For some reason, that's become a rock wall to them. And so they want to climb that and get on top, okay? And the reason you don't want them to climb the fireplace mantle is because they will break something, they'll knock something over, and it's going to smash on the floor, or they're going to fall and hurt themselves. You can see it coming, right? You know what's going to happen to them. However, they are bound and determined to climb that fireplace. No matter how many times you've given them a timeout or you've scolded them or you've counseled them, don't do that. No matter what, they have, are bound and determined to do what you told them not to do. And you don't like it. And you have over and over told them, you've warned them, don't do this. Because you're going to hurt yourself, or you're going to break something, or, you know, something's, it's just, something bad's going to happen. And you've told them that. But they will not listen to you. And so what do you do? You say, okay. I give them over, okay? Uh, you remove the restraint. You no longer counsel them. You no longer beg with them. Don't do that. You, you just step back and say, okay, you're going to find out the hard way. Right? Isn't that how we do it? If you're bound and determined to do it, then go ahead, do it. And you will learn, you will find out that that was a horrible mistake. That's what God has done with mankind. Now understand, God loves all of us. He loves us. And he's gracious to us and faithful to us. That does not change. But he's decided, God has decided, that he will not fight with man. God has told us the best way. But since we are bound and determined to do it our way, God says, okay, go ahead. Go ahead, go do it. If you think you can do better, if you think you know it all, 
Have all the answers? Okay. Go ahead. Do it. Consequently, since God has pulled back and allowed man to pursue his desires, his passions, and his wants, man is in a world of hurt. Why is our culture, why is our world so messed up? Part of the answer is God says, okay, if that's what you think you need to be doing, if you think you have the answers, you're the wise one, okay, go ahead. God has withdrawn. He's given them over. So that is part of the answer as to why things are so messed up. Now there's something else I want to draw your attention to. In verse 18, if you'll look at it with me, in verse 18 of chapter 1, we're informed with these words. And it says this, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Okay. Let's focus on that verse again for a little bit. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness. Now, here's, here's some observations on verse 18. Number one. God is upset. That's obvious. Okay, The wrath of God is being revealed. So God is upset. Uh, God, God is angry. Now, it's a righteous anger. It's a righteous wrath. But God does not like what is happening in our world. Okay, That's number one observation. Number two, notice that it says God's wrath is being revealed. Do you see that there in verse 18? Being revealed is in the present tense. What does that mean? That means it's an action that is going on right now, okay? Right now. God's wrath is being experienced today, okay? This morning, God's wrath is being revealed against ungodliness. So it's happening right now, God's wrath. Number three observation. I have a question. What does that wrath look like? So we've determined, okay, God is upset. It is now being revealed. His wrath is being revealed. What does that look like? God's wrath is the act of giving them over. That's what it is. God's judgment, his wrath, is removing strength. Okay, so we're, so we're answering the question. What is this wrath? Well, God's wrath is revealed to us because God said, okay, you have the answers. You think you can do better than I can do? All right, so he removed his strength. God stepped back. And let man call the shots and do what his desires and his passions uh, are dictating. So God says, okay, do it. You want to climb the fireplace? Go for it. That's what God is saying. So that in itself, that act, is part of God's wrath. God's judgment on mankind. The fact that he pulled away. So let's talk about practically. What does that wrath look like? So God's wrath, he pulled it back. Let man do his own thing. So what does that look like, his wrath? What does the judgment look like? Well, here's some practical observations. Jealousy over someone else's success. Jealousy. A betrayal because somebody gossiped about you. Betrayal. That's part of where God says, okay, I'm going to step back. I'm going to let things go. And when he let things go, we got people who are jealous because somebody else is successful. We have people who betray one another because they want to pass on the, ju the juicy uh, talk. Uh, we have divorce 
because of an affair. Okay? We have depression because bitterness has taken hold in someone's heart. They're bitter, and so they're depressed. Uh, we have hatred because they can't forgive. We have anxiousness because uh, we're consumed, consumed with suspicion. Suspicion. We've created a scenario in our mind. And because of that, we have created our own anxiousness. Uh, we're friendless. We're a friendless people because people don't trust us. Or we don't trust them. Okay? Uh, we have perverted thoughts because pornography has become uh, the recent mistress in someone's life. And we have debt because we tell ourselves we deserve it. Okay? So do you see how God gave mankind over? Do you see what's happening in our world, what's taking place? Because God says, okay, you think you can do better. I'm going to pull back. I'm going to remove restraint and let you be in charge. And that in itself is a demonstration of God's wrath and his judgment on mankind. I think you get the idea. God's wrath is being re uh, revealed. Here's something interesting. Here's an interesting thing about it. God hasn't, doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to do anything. He just steps back and the world falls apart. That in itself is the judgment. The decision that precipitated the need for the gospel is that God gave them over. And what leads us to number three, number three point. The deterrent for man's destruction, the deterrent. Uh, there is good news. There is a remedy for man's sorry condition, okay? And the answer is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. John 10.10. 10. Uh, let this ring in your heart. The thief comes only to to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full or have it abundantly. Well, that fullness or that abundance that Jesus wants us to achieve takes place in a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's where it takes place, that fullness. Okay. Um, yes, God gave them over. But here's his invitation, Matthew chapter 11. Here's his invitation. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Left up to man, our country and our world is in a sorry, sorry predicament. God knows that. That's why God made a way to be right with him. We celebrated this morning when he had communion. And the scripture rings clear as he talks about it. The deterrent, the healing that we need comes through our faith our trust in what Jesus Christ did on that cross. Not only did he die, he came back to life, which is the guarantee, the proof that what he says is real and will happen. 
Do you know Christ? If not, let me encourage you. Come to him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity just to talk about your word and maybe gain a little more, get a little more understanding about who you are, what you've done, and as to why things happen in this world. Um, Lord, it's pretty obvious as we sit back and just evaluate our world how scary it is. But that's not where we want to end. That's not what is the end of life, no doubt. Um, Lord, what we want to really focus and camp on is the fact that there is a deterrent. There is, there is a way. There is a, a restoration, a reconciliation. There is forgiveness. There is a relationship with you. And Lord, may we camp on that wonderful truth because it brings freedom, it brings deliverance, it brings abundance, all in knowing you. We thank you for that truth, and we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.